This episode of the Craft Sanity Podcast is brought to you by listeners like you who donated $1 a month through Craft Sanity's Patreon page. Learn more at CraftSanity.com. Well, if you couldn't express yourself, how would you de-stress yourself? And if you couldn't make and build and sing and knit and paint and dance and spin, would you go crazy? Hi, I'm Jennifer Ackerman Haywood, and you're listening to the Craft Sanity Podcast, an interview show all about art, craft, and creativity. This is episode 154 of the podcast. On this show, I'm going to bring you a conversation that I had with two Grand Rapids leather workers, and we're going to kind of bounce back between the two. I've done these like long part one, part two, part three podcasts, and I think I, I just wanted to bring everything to you all in one episode. But before we launch into that, I do want to take a moment to thank my Patreon sponsors for making this show a go. I've picked up a couple new sponsors. Thank you so much for your support. I also want to thank ACS Home and Work for their continued support of the podcast. You can visit ACS Home and Work for a great selection of home goods and my particular favorite flower sack tea towels that you can print on and embroider on. They're pretty cool. So go ahead and check those out and show them a little craft sanity love for keeping this podcast going. All right, so let's move on to today's show. First, I'm going to bring you a conversation with Jacob Vroon. He is the owner of Harbinger Leather. And then we're going to introduce you to Elise Marie Welcher, who runs Little Wings, another leather company in town. They're both 26. They live in Grand Rapids. So grab a cup of tea, coffee, whatever you drink, settle in with a project. And we're going to start things off with Jacob telling us how he got into leather work. What got you into leather work? I wanted to make a bag for my books in college, and I just didn't see anything that really suited my needs. So I thought that leather would be a good medium. I bought some tools. I bought a hide. And I like took over the, the kitchen table at the house that I was living at. I built one bag. It took me like a month, and it looked like it was awful. So <laughs> Did you actually use it? No, I cut it apart at the seams, okay. and I whittled it down, and I put it back together, and it still looked terrible. And I did that <laughs> same thing like four times before wow. I finally have the bag that's sitting over there. Okay, but so I, you have a bag that you made and the, that you still use. The first one. Wow. And then by the time I'd done that, I was like... I should do another one of these. Yeah. And just kept on going. So was it based on feedback? Did friends see it and think, hey, that's kind of awesome that you, mm-hmm. yeah. And I'd be going to my classes and just looking at other people's bags and clothes and trying to see how everything was fit So together. you kind of did some bag stalking for a while? Yeah, yeah. Just, it got in my head. Right. So where were you going to school? Calvin. Calvin College. Okay. What were you studying? I was going for an interdisciplinary build-your-own major between uh, religion and environmental studies. Okay. I really shouldn't have been in school at the time. It was, I was really just kind of floating. Before my senior year, I was only less than $6,000 in debt, and my senior year would have cost about 30000 more. Oh, wow. And so I decided to quit while I was ahead. I wanted to leave, like, every semester, but I had family supporting me, like, 
Right. I, I really wanted to follow through for them, but I should not have been there. Right. If I could go back now, I'd go for business. Right. Oh, when, yeah. When back yeah. then, I would have been like, oh, business. And there's a lot of pressure on young people to have a decision made uh-huh. because it's so expensive. Right. You kind of have to, like, you can't just kind of take a bunch of classes, know. you know. I and, mean, and, and you can, but that's very expensive. Right. So. And my, my grandma would have me over for dinner and, you know, slide me a check. And it's just like, I, I can't just... I can't not do this. Right, right. So when you finally decided then, so you went through your junior year then, mm-hmm. and and what, was, and you were making bags, mm-hmm. right? So you started, how many years into school were you? I started that year, and there, okay. was, there was a gap between starting and actually like getting getting into it. Uh, the year that I quit, I was earning tuition and rent by, I was working at Pizza Hut, and I was shoveling snow over the winter. Okay. So I would work like a six to 12, I would go to class during the day, work from six to midnight at pizza put on my overalls go shovel snow until three in the morning and then get up for class and it was, oh my god and it was just like no well no you must have felt like a zombie yeah because you're how much sleep were you getting not a lot oh my gosh uh, and so you did that for how long like a semester okay and it just got to be too much it all just kind of came to a point where it's like i don't want to be here what am i doing so right. i just like i i had to stop um, and then that summer, I went away and didn't do any leather working at all. I went to work on a, a farm in Jonesville, Michigan, okay. which is in South Central Michigan. I was one of three people that uh, was farming a a farm in its second year. We were doing a eight acres organically. Okay. And I didn't get any leather working in, in, in that time. Now, but you you had that itch though, probably the whole mm-hmm. time, just to, to make something. Correct. And then uh, when I came back after that season was over, I, I got an apartment in Grand Rapids. I still had that itch in my mind, and I got a job uh, working in the freight room in the buckle at the mall. Okay, so I'm going to pause the story for a second here and let you know that while Jake is on his way to the buckle for his first day of work, there is someone that he's about to meet, and her name is Elise, and she is also on her way to the buckle to start her first day of work. But before we get to that part, I want to have Elise talk a little bit about her creative background, how she got into leather work. I have been a crafty and creative person ever since I was a little kid. I started sewing American Girl doll clothes when I was seven and then (laughs) graduated onto my own stuff in middle school, making clothes for myself, made prom dresses and clothing for myself all through high school and then landed on a wanted to go into fashion and that's how I landed down at SCAD and was really drawn to the program there because of their accessory minor and while I was there they made it a full major and I fell in love with making shoes and bags just working with the medium of leather being able to manipulate it. After Elise graduated she moved to Philadelphia. I worked in anthropology there and kind of cut my teeth on learning how to sell my product because I worked in the styling, um, the photo studio and did styling work on photographs. So just making the pictures look pretty, you know, making product look just right to sell it online. And that was really a a good experience for me because I did learn to work in a team Mm -hmm. and learn to think about how I present my work and how, how and what sells stuff online. Because I knew that I wasn't going to be able to just you know, I wasn't going to have an investor to just blow this thing up and put right. it in magazines. That right. I was going to have to sell through the internet and that I was going to have to build it slowly, like one bag at a time, being sold and that buying me the next batch of materials. So were you still making bags? Well, I so was. You were, you were living in Philly, working for anthropology. And making. And making things so after hours. Yep. Doing that. 
And were you tired? (laughs) Oh, I was exhausted. I mean, it was, you know, it was exhausting. I was working insane amounts of hours and just didn't have the support network out there. It's not where my family is. It's not where a lot of my friends were. Right. I was in a bad relationship and that imploded and that did not help matters either. Like there was just a lot of complicated in that space and it was also expensive to live out there. So I had to keep working full time in order to keep away from you developing. Yeah. And it, it just tired me out, you know, it was so exhausting. So when I moved back to Grand Rapids in May of 2011, it was such a wonderful relief to A, be back home where my support network was, but also to be in a place where I could afford to live, right? you know, to support myself and really do what I wanted to be doing and not feeling constantly exhausted and pressured to be trying to make rent. Right. And this is the part where we go back to the buckle where two unsuspecting leather workers are about to meet. Interesting side note, Jake and Elise crossed paths for the first time when they were newborns in the nursery at Butterworth Hospital in Grand Rapids. It was June of 1988, and they were completely oblivious to each other. Let's fast forward 23 years and see what happens. Well, the manager introduced us by saying, hey, like this is the new freight person, and this is the new seamstress. You guys should talk because you both make leather bags. Mm-hmm. And that was like how they connected. she connected us, was like, you guys should talk to each other. So you, you were could there be friends. Like, violence playing in your minds at that point? <laughs> I mean, did you, did you feel like you'd been struck by an arrow, or was this kind of like just you just met somebody? Um, for me, it was like that. Like after after a few days, I don't know about Elise. There was a lot of intrigue, but I was I had also gone through a really nasty breakup very recently. So the timing. For so you. For the timing for me was way off. It was on the radar, but it was not as like good as it could have been because I was in a bad place. Okay. So you and you had no idea though that that well, had gone on. I didn't really bother to inform myself as much as I could have. I was uh, was pretty oblivious to how things really were. How much time went on before this actually a relationship got started? Well, with the freight job that Jake was doing, you check for any sort of like damages that are done to the clothing. And if it's something that can be fixed in-house, the freight person passes it off to the seamstress. Okay. So Jake realized that he had an in, and there were a couple of cute little illustrated notes Like, please fix me with, like, adorable little broken armed dinosaur or something along those lines (laughs) on them that got left on my seamstress desk. So you weren't just, like, leaving the stuff there. You were trying to illustrate things. Mm -hmm. Was this all deliberate to try to, like, just be cute? Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, but how long did it take, though? So the notes are appearing. That was, like, two, three weeks in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't take too long. Yeah. And then what happened? Um, and then we started hanging out more. I saw Elise's home studio at the time. She turned the whole dining room into like a workshop. Where with, I was living with Megan Roach. With a, oh, okay. With yeah. A, like a display of all her shoes and projects from school and stuff. And I had I had aspirations of like a home business and, and leather working. Mm-hmm. But then when I met Elise and saw someone that was like actually really doing it, my jaw just dropped. I was, I was pretty Twitter pated. <laughs> so, so I was all just like puppy dog, and, and Elise was in a completely different frame of mind, and so that mismatch just. I was interested, but not in a like committed way. You know, oh, okay. I was I was like fresh out of a bad breakup, and was like, well, this is fun. 
he seems really cool. He does leather work, so at least like it's going well. But like emotionally, I just was not able to so attach. You're kind of closed off. Emotionally yeah, I was very like, closed off emotionally yeah. at that point, and just wasn't in the mind, like wasn't in the frame of mind to be pursuing a long term relationship at all. So it did so not. This went on for how many weeks? Was with what, six, yeah, six, six, seven weeks that like. We were dating, and it was more like, like a casual 20, kind of thing. No, it was like twenty four seven kind of thing. Oh, okay. we, we were just like, all the time because we had so much in common and really enjoyed one another's company. But it was way too much for me to take on at that point. Okay. Like I just emotionally, like it just kind of flooded right. all at once, and I just couldn't handle it. So you, you're and like, okay, I need to back. I needed like space. So I just like you, kind of freaked you, out. How do you like back away though when you're working together? You have common interests. You probably realized your friends kind of overlap. Probably the people you she, knew. She only worked at the buckle two days a week, so she would just come like clock in behind me, and then that was uh, that was yeah. Like, I was not happy working there anymore. So, well, but it was because of the relationship. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you just, uh, it was too much I wish I I wish I hadn't quit. Yeah, you hid my scissors. Oh. <laughs> And then I thought you stole of, them. Out of spite? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Where did you hide the scissors? Uh, way deep in a drawer up in the front cash wrap. <laughs> did and, you ever find them? Yes. <laughs> and then I went, I went on a little vacation shortly afterwards with my new girlfriend, and I was getting calls like at the Detroit Institute of the Arts like, hey, this is the manager at the buckle. Like, Lisa's looking for scissors. Did you happen to like touch those? No, no I don't know. what. what so things go south with Elise and Jake, and Jake hides the scissors, goes on vacation, denies that he hides the scissors, and when he comes back from vacation, he gets another job, but he has not gotten Elise out of his head. He uses his anger toward her as rocket fuel. I mean, I got a job after that on a, a lawn crew, like cutting the grass at condominiums wearing a stupid shirt. You weren't like into the, the things that you were doing? No, yeah. no. And I've never taken any art classes. Like mm-hmm. I, I had done very little to like express myself through making. Right. And when I started to develop the skills of leatherworking, it felt really good. Like it, it was going to be my out mm-hmm. and it was going to show at least. <laughs> I started building up my my business in a spare bedroom in East Town. Uh, I started renting a room for me to sleep in and a room for me to work in and just getting bigger and bigger at it. Um, And then a friend of mine recommended me for uh, a feature in the online magazine Rapid Growth GR. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had a really great experience with them. Uh, uh, The reporter Victoria Mullen came out and just spent like, two hours with me at the kitchen table just talking it was fabulous and uh adam bird he came out to my dinky little bedroom in east town with like ten thousand dollars worth of equipment and spent four hours just making everything look like solid gold wow and just made me feel so confident and good and during that time i'd also applied for the uica holiday artist market okay to sell my stuff and it's a really big show and they got back to me and asked me to be one of the two featured artists that year Wow, and, and both of those together was just like the. And the how how much time had you been doing this seriously? Was it a whole year at that no, point? No, it was less. That's really fast for all that stuff to line up for you. That's it, really cool. It was all I did. I oh, so you just I I this this table that we're sitting at is my old bed frame. Like my dad and I built this up so that I could store rolls of leather underneath it. Wow, and hampers full of scrap. Like I didn't. So wait, you had a bed on top of here then? Right, this part was sunk a little bit lower, and okay. the box spring would sit inside. Okay, and so you just put under your bed is where you stored everything. Mm-hmm. And then the sewing machine was like right by my window. Like uh, I did nothing but this all day long. 
I just wanted a adventurous like life on my own terms. So at this point, Jake and Elise know each other as leather workers, but it's not at all romantic. So you guys moved on, but were you still concerned about this guy? And, I mean, only in as much as I saw him coming up in the community and was doing good work and was competition. You know, okay, like so you saw him as competition. You know, I saw him as competition, and no, you know, our, our work is worlds apart. But, there's but, nothing. There's nothing alike. About but from our, afar, our especially because I had moved and was coming, I was still referring to Grand Rapids as my artistic home base. That was but the home of Little Wings. Jackson. But I was working from Jackson, so, so I was commuting back like, here way, all the time. Threatened a bit. Because I mean, it was, was just right someone else kind of moving into the community and being the leather worker in town, mm-hmm. and you know, like, and he was still friends with my friends. Like mm-hmm. he hung out with my two best friends quite frequently and you know so it was just kind of like well why are you guys hanging out with jake and at that point like the guy i was dating had also moved to korea to okay. teach oh wow so we were like long distancely dating but you know i mean it's it is what it is yeah, and he really wanted cool. a totally different life than i did he didn't want to be a maker he wanted to travel around the world teach how did you guys end up getting <laughs> together again so when I announced on Facebook and social media that I was moving Little Wings back to Grand Rapids and into Parliament, Jake reached out to me on Facebook and private messaged me and asked if I needed help, like getting moved in, getting the store set up. Were you surprised by that? Oh, yes. I was incredibly surprised. I didn't respond mm. at first. Like, I was just like, I don't <laughs> know why, had... you know, I don't know why he's asking this. Like, you know, this. But you would like turn me on to Ohio Travel Bag when I had questions about like ordering hardware. Yeah. Like, we had had like little, you know, little I... short, like, business conversations in between like as you know over that time frame like we were at some of the same shows like we were at uica and you know other markets in the area so we had reached it to a tenuous like politeness and you know could Mm -hmm. say hi to each other and give each other advice if we needed it but like you know we're definitely very professional yeah very professional about everything (laughs) and so did you finally respond to his message no i had to get i did he messaged emily (laughs) and said like what is going on Who is here? our like, other, like, really good friend? Megan and Emily and I have been friends for, like, eight years. Okay. And I've known Emily since elementary school. So, like, the three of us are tight. Like, so so you, you reached out to one of her friends? Yes. Emily. Yeah, and I was, I was like, what? Did, I forget what I wrote. But so I'm like, hey, I'm offering to come help here. You, you're going to need all the help you can get. And I'm, I've been doing this professionally for a while now. Like, we ought to... And we'd been talking before with Emily, too, uh... And Emily, you, had, you had come to that meeting, hadn't you? Yeah, Emily had been trying to at one point start... She's she's a business and marketing person, but with a okay. creative bent. And she'd been trying to start some sort of a collaborative studio and gallery space where okay. she would run the business side of it. But just at that point, it and wasn't... Let the makers do the thing. Let right. the makers I make. Was, I was she run the store that. and whatnot. But she just didn't have the... Didn't end up going through with the project. There just wasn't the was right just... combination of people and the right time for it. Okay. Right. Um, so I was living with some artsy girls at the time. Uh, Rachel McKay and Rose Beerhorst. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. we had been talking about doing this collaborative store. And so we had, we had been sort of talking about that leading into this. So we, we, had, a, we had a sort of a vision for, for what might happen in Grand Rapids. So like after that, and then Elise was going to move in on her own yeah. after being a part of that conversation and apparently didn't want to help any help moving in. So I was like, what's going on here? Like, I just, I, I knew that, that like networking and community is a big deal in Grand Rapids. And right. I wanted to like, I wanted to have a good relationship. Well, here. and at the time I, you know, one, I had a lot of friends that were helping too. It was the biggest 
undertaking I had done where I had really involved other people. You know, right, up until that right. point, it had been really all me, and I'd been showing Megan a lot of stuff, and she'd been assisting me with making things, but I didn't have the team around me. Like, right. like when I moved into Parliament is when the friend crew mobilized. Right. Because they were like, Elisa's doing something bigger now. We want to help. And so at that point, I just wasn't used to delineating or even asking people for help. So mm-hmm. when Jake reached out, it was just such a foreign thing that I was like, I don't need one more thing to think about, well, and, and that'll just make my boyfriend jealous. Whatever. Oh, like, okay, so you still had a boyfriend. Okay, I still so had a boyfriend, boyfriend at that Point. Did you have a girlfriend at that point? No. Okay. No. Okay. So he was in a different place. He was in totally in a different okay. place. Mm-hmm. And you know, and then Emily got back to me after Jake contacted her and was like, "Girl, you need to get his help. We can't all like we we need more people than just our crew." At that point, when you heard she was moving back, were you thinking, "Okay, maybe we can get back together," or no. were you just trying to be? No, friendly? I was. I I knew that Elise was really organized and had her business a lot more together than I did, mm-hmm. and. You know, I was still working out of a spare bedroom in East Town, still trying to to figure this all out. Like I needed, and still do need, like help from the community. Like, <laughs> so I figured it couldn't really hurt to to reach help, out. Yeah, help move in. Like maybe <laughs> I'd be able to stock some of my things in in her new boutique. Or, okay, so you were thinking business wise, this is going to be and just to be nice and, and just yeah. and just for yeah, the and sake be- of just for the sake of reconciliation. Like yeah. I don't I don't like having uh, I don't like having people in my life that I don't talk to anymore. Well, you it's know? kind of weird, especially when you walk into a show and the person's we there. We cross paths right. all the time. Yeah, you want to yeah. make sure. So you want you thought this was just a part of like kind of healing things in right. a way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and so what happened? Did you respond? I did respond, and Finally. yes, and through he, Facebook or how did through you Facebook? Okay. Yep. And he showed up on the day that I moved in with the moving truck, like with all the other friends that had mobilized to help. I mean, I ended up with like 14 people that came oh, out wow. to help unload the truck. We unloaded that truck in 45 minutes. Oh my it was gosh. Epic. Wow. That's awesome. And then like instantly started painting because I did a crazy thing. Like I mm-hmm. have a tendency to do with timelines where I moved in on March 21st and opened the store grand opening for our downtown on April 11th. Mm-hmm. So oh I had 18 days to turn the store around. And you did it. <laughs> and we know. did it. Yeah. But I couldn't have done it without all the friend help. And yeah. You know, they were all like, "You're nuts," but I understand why you're doing it because right. our downtown is it's like the a big launch big thing. thing. Yeah, it's it was the perfect launch. timing. Yeah. So you know, we just we made it happen. Like we unloaded stuff, and within three hours of me opening the keys and throwing everything in there, we were painting walls. And Jake so did just, everybody? Did he stay the longest? Or he stayed he, the longest. He mm-hmm. definitely put in the most hours. He stuck around the longest. And during those like. The night before the grand opening, we were placing the product on the shelves. I've got Emily and Megan there helping okay. me merchandise. You know, Joe, Megan's boyfriend, is there steaming curtains as we're hanging them. I mean, you know, my crew is there helping me. And Jake was also there. And he went outside, out front, and proceeds to start. He's like, it stinks out here. And he cleaned out all the bum piss out of the door. <laughs> oh my gosh, which is the worst job ever. And, like, yeah. scrubbed the whole front of the, wind, of the windows and the whole front of the store, like scrubbed it clean. Wow. And, and then the next day, the city cleaners came through. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> We're standing there in the store. You know, it's like nine at night. He's out there like getting harassed by people, cleaning the pee out of the door. Oh, and Megan and Emily are like, Elise, you're in trouble. This That's man really likes too. you. Oh. I would drive away from those nights just like punching the ceiling in my car, just like, ah, I'm in trouble. <laughs> He knew he was in trouble. Did you know you were in trouble? Yes. Yeah. And so what did you proceed to do at that point? I mean, the relationship I was in was not, I don't want to say it was melting down, but it was definitely like winding down. We mm-hmm. were, had, were both recognizing for many months that we were moving separate directions, right. like literally and figuratively in life, you know. Right. It, 
he doesn't he's not a person that wants to settle down he's still one of our dear friends like he's still a really good friend and you know there's no like hard feelings there but you know we just were moving totally different directions in life and didn't want the same things right and you know this the other like side of this whole business being an artist being a designer is it's your whole life like Mm -hmm. you're making a lifestyle decision and it's really hard to not have a partner that is not on the same plane as you Mm -hmm. because otherwise they don't get it and so, you know, it was, it was constantly a conflict of my work and how much time it takes. And, and he didn't want to have a settled, rooted life at all. It was right. not his and style. Gonna, that would be hard for you. So, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, look around us. Like, i got to have space to plunk down tons of right. sewing machines <laughs> and leather. You can't do this out of a suitcase. Yeah, it's yeah. just not possible. So, wanting very different lives. And, you know, we broke up amicably. And, but, I, you know, it was... Jake was definitely right the away? impetus. Did he know right away? No. No, yeah, I, did. I didn't tell you, did you right too. away. You, you, I, I, don't you, I think you messaged me like the first, next day. Well, first I let it. I didn't like do a, a Facebook breakup. Right. You know, I just right. put like my relationship status to private and let it. And we like shifted that because we didn't want the whole like all the friends and everyone like, being like, oh my god, like, it's yeah. a breakup. Yeah. Right, right. When it wasn't that big of a deal to us. Right. Like we were, you know, we were just like, well, this is, we're moving on and that's fine. Right, right. But I did tell him pretty quickly afterward. But I first let you see it on Facebook mm-hmm. that the relationship status had disappeared. Not necessarily. Because I knew he was that? watching. Was he watching that? Oh, I knew he was watching. <laughs> they broke up. And we then broke I showed up. up with flowers. He showed up with flowers. Like immediately? And started hanging like out. Yeah. I mean, it was this was around, this was in May. <laughs> like early May. And then you came down and we went to the pyramid scheme to play some pinball. Mm-hmm. And... We came back holding hands, and Marley and John were doing a photo shoot in the gallery parking lot at 106. Yeah. And they saw us holding like, hands, uh-huh. and we're like, hi, friends, across the street. And we're like, oh, hi. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so you couldn't, like, like... There's no hiding it yeah, on Division. No, you can't, especially when... In this community here. friends are all over the place. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Quickly learned what a public so life is. kind of were kind of outed just by... Pretty quickly. Yeah. Just yeah. by being... Outside your building. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so did you have trepidation given that things didn't work out the first time, or did you know that things were different this time? We talked about it. Yeah, we talked about the mistakes we made, and like the reason that I, I wanted to give it another shot was like I looked at the life that you were building and like the, the plans that you were laying and just the, the next step of, of like your your life. And I was like, this is exactly the life that I want. Right. Like, so it just made sense it, on all levels. Yeah. yeah. But we definitely talked about it. Like we we both were emotionally at a place where we didn't want to just date for fun anymore. Mm-hmm. You know? Like we just were like I I don't want to go through another breakup ever mm-hmm. again. You yeah, know, I, I don't want to come to that point that you, you know, know it's gonna last because it's not just Yeah. Filling time. And I wouldn't have, I, you know, yes, like, I happened to meet someone and that was the, like, you know, re-meet Jake and, like, be reintroduced and fall in love with him again. And that was, like, the, the impetus. But I think that after, at that point I was, I wouldn't have dated someone that I didn't think that I was going to go long-term with. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I was, I was ready for that. And I think Jake was too. And right about this time, Jake gets an opportunity to move into the neighborhood and become Elisa's neighbor opportunity struck all at once. Uh, another benefit to living in Easttown is we were just down the street from uh, John Hansen and Marley Grace, right. who, who um, just moved into and started to have company about three months after Elise started Parliament the Boutique. 
uh, just down the street from, right. from us. And Marley needed someone to split the rent with at Half Company. And so she, the deal was she was going to have the storefront, and I would get the apartment in the back okay. and the basement to work out of and sell my goods through the front for a 15% commission. So we we really got to help each other out, like get onto the avenue. Yeah. I, got, I got to move three doors down. <laughs> so what did Elise say when she heard you were moving in down, down the street? Uh, she was ecstatic. And with their new proximity to each other, the relationship blossomed and so did their businesses. Well, we started just combining, for one, combining projects all the time. Like he was freelancing on... Mm-hmm the working class studio collaboration and helping with my wholesale orders that were coming in and just more and more being the support role, the Mm -hmm. other half of my brain that like, you know, keeps track of all these little things. It's like I said to you the other day, if it weren't for Jake, I would starve and live in squalor. Um, (laughs) You know, he's just like really good at thinking about those little things where I'm busy, like in Elise land scheming the next thing Mm -hmm. and we also just started dreaming a lot together like having you know wanting to be in the same space to combine our machinery to combine our right, design you had to walk, like go outside and walk down the street yeah we'd walk so down the street you wanted to use you yeah. there. but you guys were actually going back and forth between each other's studios back and forth between the studios more than her because at that point you were open five, I was open five, five days a week crazy. so yeah, you, so were, you, you were locked in I was there otherwise, all the time otherwise I she would call me to like oh, can you come here and watch the shop while I run to the post office? And so, you know, yeah. then my work schedule's getting broken up. But, right. And so it just made sense for us to combine our studios. Yeah. And then at the same time, you know, being part of this bigger community, Half Company was growing. Right. And Marley wanted to be able to start her artist residency down there. Right. So his his space where he used to live is now... Is now the residency. Yeah, where artists mm-hmm. come in, which you know, is a really cool program. At that yeah. point, like, we were spending so much time together that he was practically living at my store and apartment anyway. Right. So it was, it was really our space. It was becoming our space. I mean, you know, basically everything was there except, what, your underwear? Like, your clothes were still <laughs> stored in the dresser at Half Company. But, like, yeah. you know, everything, you know, his books were there, all his stuff, mm-hmm. his computer. And the cats like, were accepting. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> They like you better. Yeah. For the record. <laughs> Jake's the cat whisperer. Oh, that's so funny. So, so it, it was just, it just seemed. It made sense. Yeah. And then, you know, it got to the point where it's like, why are we paying rent on two apartments? Mm-hmm. Right. So she cut Jake a break on the studio that rent that he was paying for just using the basement for a while mm-hmm. when she got that residency rolling. And then a few months later was when we, when we knew that the long-term goal was in the next six months to find a space where we mm-hmm. could be, have our combined workshop and where, you know, she would have full use of the basement again over mm-hmm. at have, and we would, you know, have our workshop together. And cause that was not sustainable either. Yeah. Like, so now to get, to my workshop I had to go through the residence living quarters so like every week I'm going through a different girl's bedroom to get to work and I might need to stay there till like three or four in the morning oh, and, yeah, and then like tiptoe out and so yeah and if they wake up in a strange place like because they're not used to living there yeah so they wake no, up and no. there's this bearded man <laughs> yes creeping <laughs> through the like, bedroom is that the guy that I met yesterday or somebody else <laughs> they've yeah. all been very cool and I I you know did my best to uh be reassuring and respectful but yeah. you know that's, it's, yeah it's a weird situation it's, so weird. it's a very it's weird situation weird. I mean it's not weird for you I mean it's yeah. not just weird for them I mean it's just weird I mean because mm-hmm. you're like yeah I'm a little bit it was you know. yeah it, and, it was and a and the residency became way more fun when you were full time living at my pl- at our place at parliament then mm-hmm. because Instead of it being like this weird, awkward thing, like we're the Jake's the kind of artist in residence and his studios downstairs and whatnot, like 
we just became the cool neighbors. Yeah. Right. You like we're the we, point we of have contact. Over for dinner. Yeah. Right. We're the point of contact. We have a spare key if you lose your keys or get locked out. Like right, you know, you're there. Yeah. If right. you want to go for dinner or get a drink, like mm-hmm. we can show you where to go. Right. Be happy right. to go out with you. Right. So it's not kind yeah. of a weird. Yeah. It yeah. it became way more fun at that point. <laughs> yeah. It worked out. It worked out really well, but it couldn't last forever. So these two leather workers that once were at odds are starting to merge into the same lane. For Memorial Day weekend last year, we drove the whole Red Arrow and Blue Star Highway. Oh, wow. From, started down at Sojourn mm-hmm. um, Boutique down there in, oh, what's that little town? Sawyer. Sawyer, Michigan. Cool. And then we headed, we went down there and back in one day, and then the next day we went up all the way to Muskegon following the lake. And we just hit, like, antique shops and junk shops wow. and stopped and took pictures and, like, you know, just puttered along and you know decided well if we're going to be going to all these antique shops we should start I, w- I didn't want to like a traditional diamond we didn't want to spend a ton of money like that so we were like let's look for a vintage ring right and we were it was the second day we stopped at one of my favorite antique shops in Grand Haven that one right there by um by the brewery like right before you go up over the drawbridge yeah, I've actually been there. Yeah, yeah. that little antique mm-hmm. shop. I found so many treasures mm-hmm. in there. And we stopped in there first on our second day out of adventuring and found the ring and, like, tried it on. I was like, yeah, this is this is the one. And then it, he was just like, well, I'm going to hold on to it and decide what I'm going to propose. And then two weeks later, our birthdays are June 9th and 11th. And the night of the 9th going into the 10th, Megan and her boyfriend Joe had us out to his parents' cabin on Lake Michigan to have like a birthday celebration. And oh, we like cool. grilled out and did a campfire and played on the beach and all that sort of thing. I was really bowled over by how awesome it was to have like friends and to have a team. Like right. I, I looked around this place and saw like the lighting's good, there's like candy and food and like wine and friends everywhere and it was just like, man, this is this is like too good. This can't be all for me. Like right. I really get to have all this. Like it's okay. Like it was, uh, and that's when I proposed. Was there one key thing that he left out because he was so caught up in the moment and thought, "Yeah, I'm gonna." Didn't bring the ring. <laughs> <laughs> and and did you like tie a string on her finger or what did no. you do? <laughs> Put a leather band. Uh, <laughs> no, I mostly I I uh, I was like. I, I was on the floor by the, by the kitchen sink, just like rocking and, and weeping with her. Oh my gosh, it was, wow. It was, it was yeah. real. And since the engagement, Jake and Elise have been merging their businesses. Parliament Studio is where we work uh, with ourselves and Megan. Um, we each have our own businesses here, but we use the studio as kind of a cooperative. Mm-hmm. So for instance, when we get in those wholesale orders, like if Elise gets a big order and then Megan and I will both pitch in right. and instead of getting paid for that, we just huck money in the bank for our studio rent. Okay. So we use like parliament projects, things that don't necessarily fit in with exactly what our businesses are doing on their own okay. to to fund and be a vehicle for our own businesses. And we, okay. and we work in collaboration. So it just takes the stress out of like rent and all that. And yeah, it, yeah. Just... It gives us a, it gives us a venue through which to take on uh, projects that like I Elise has her own line of, of leather goods. She doesn't do like custom drum cases or anything like right, that. Right. Like, so that might be a parliament project if we decide to take it on. I see. Okay. So were you more likely to take on the other? I have been. Yeah. That's been part of my leather education. I've taken on a lot of custom projects, uh, a lot of one-offs, right. a lot of things where people bring in uh, items for me to measure and make custom cases for. Okay. Uh, 
which has been great for challenging myself to try new techniques and right. just make something different every time. Now, what is your bread and butter? What do you make the most of? My bread and butter is actually uh, private label collections for other local businesses. For okay. instance, uh, Victor Axe and Tool is a business that I work for. I make the hatchet covers for his hatchets. Um, okay. I make some other accessories for his business. Um, I take on, I'm, I'm more of like a conduit for other local businesses. So you're kind to, of looking behind do, the scenes a little bit with yeah, some of your leather that, work. So, so it, your, your work is a lot of places that people might not even realize that it is. Yeah. Is that, yeah. so you're like a phantom leather worker in a way? Yeah. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I, I'm in touch with a lot of cool people around town that, that use my services as a, as a link in their own chain. And okay, cool. Uh, it's cool to be plugged into all, all that sort of stuff. Um, but I have found that the, the one-offs and, and the, the the wholesale orders are are good, but I really want to get back to having like my own stuff. It's every everyone else. It's so much easier to have like I make this. It costs this much because when I'm doing like a custom consultation, it's like oh I like you. I'm gonna give you a break. Right, like, and then you're and, and, and then, then I'm, you're like trying I'm, to like sweat I'm trying blitz. to figure something out like some something that I've never made before, which takes for, time for peanuts, like. Right. So, uh, coming this spring, I'm going to launch a new collection. Cool. Yeah. And will those be bags? And mm-hmm. I know you make excellent bags. Yeah. Your bags are pretty sweet. And so, uh, is that your signature thing? Yeah. Would you say you're the bags mm-hmm. you make? And these are, um, you're doing messenger type bags? Messenger and bags. I'm going to do a too. wallet, um, a duffel, okay. a rucksack. Is that a prototype over there? That is. That's very nice. Thank you. And Elise has big plans for her business as well. I guess I'm curious about what you want to do next with your with Little Wings. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? What is your focus for the next um, year, couple years? I am one. I took a lot of time to focus on Parliament the last couple of years. Um, getting not, that boutique not, part. Yeah, going. getting that boutique going and the collective aspect with the studio and whatnot. Like that has been a big drain on my energy, and so I am bringing my focus back to focusing more on my craft, mm-hmm. um, which means that Little Wings Designs is launching a new collection in April. So I'm in the works of designing a new batch of products right now. Okay, can you give us any previews? What, what will we see? What um, types of things? I am, one, going to be collaborating with Megan on some woven fabrics. Oh, those so are fun. There's I, be, I, I saw one of your early prototype fabrics, yes, which is really fantastic. There's going to be some woven goods involved. And I'm also going towards a more functional style. Coming out of school, I was really focused on conceptual fashion and really trying to make that had a look. Things that had a look and were really unusual. You know, Mm -hmm. the roll top bag is a really weird design, but it popped and it made people remember my work. Now I've been really thinking about how can I make my work in terms of the designs and the shapes more accessible to everyone. Okay. You know, thinking about designing for me as well as my grandma. Mm -hmm. And so thinking about some more sleek lines on tote bags. Some sleeker designs. Um, and does that make them a little bit easier to construct and then it does. Mass produce? It does, and that's the other aspect too. Is coming, you know, coming out of school, I was just mostly thinking about making a bag, selling it, making the next bag. Right. Um, now I'm thinking about sustainability as a business. I'm realizing that I'm not just an artist; I'm also an entrepreneur, right. and that means that there has to be profitability. Right. You know, so I can keep making bags on a bespoke basis that I love to make that are highly complicated and use up an obscene amount of my time, but somewhere along the line, something has to be profitable. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I've been really, that's the focus right now of Little Wings is adjusting things so that what I'm wholesaling versus what I'm making bespoke makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so that I'm actually making a real profit <laughs> and I'm building a stable business right. <laughs> that's not just an artist, you know, 
flying by the seat of their pants. Right. And and as you, you know, get older, you want to have that stability too. I do. To kind yeah. of know what you're going to make next, Some next sti- month. Yeah, stability. And also, like, it's it allows me to collaborate in a stronger and richer way mm-hmm. with, you know, the partners that I found in collaboration. This is the first time that I've really been able to do, Megan and I have been able to fully realize a collection together where she's going to be contributing the woven fabric and I'm going to be contributing the designs and the leather work. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see those that come together. You know, there's some collaborations that Jake and I are planning on doing with Harbinger where we're bringing kind of his more rustic style and little wings together to meet. Mm-hmm. So being able to work in that way and kind of flex my design muscle in new ways is, really awesome and also refining the science right the science of the making you know I've been focused a lot on building the brand and building the name and getting out there with parliament right. and now it's time to go back to like focusing on that craftsmanship again and really digging into the meat well, of it you probably miss that a little bit I do I miss you know I spend a lot of time in communication now I'm you know as the owner of basically three businesses with the with Little Wings and then the store and the boutique, I'm constantly emailing and talking and conversing and having meetings and the time to just sit down and dive into making for eight hours straight does not exist anymore. Right. So, you're so to get that's back something to that. I am fighting for tooth and nail. And that's part of been the reason part of the reason that we've combined and divided up ownership and duties with Parliament, the studio and boutique because I just can't do it all alone. Right. And so having right. Megan and Jake take on aspects of that frees all of us up to be more creative. And now Jake and Elise are making plans for their future while working in very close quarters. That's got to be pretty exciting to be kind of setting out on a path with somebody who fully understands. I mean, because a lot of times people, they, they, you know, kiss each other goodbye in the morning and they go off to their separate jobs or Mm -hmm. they have a different daytime life. And it's just so different that they don't always understand each other. Now, you guys not only, you know, understand, I mean, you're working together. I mean, what is that like? (laughs) <laughs> That's a loaded it's, question. Yeah, it's a mixed bag. I mean, you, uh, the business brain never shuts down for yeah. either of us. You never stop thinking about it. Mm-hmm. So you talk about, like, if you're going out oh, to constantly. eat, like, just be like, you might talk about business. Constantly. Yeah, yeah and yeah. you don't even intend to. It's just like something inspires you and you start talking about a new design. And before mm-hmm. you know it, you've been talking business for 40 minutes at your, like, dinner date. You know? <laughs> right, right. Um, but, do you still, but do you still like that, though, to, yeah. to brainstorm business stuff? Like yeah. all the time. Totally. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it is funny because we never get any private space. Like even our, our, our apartment's a one room flat, you know, we right. live in 450 no, square mean, feet. I mean, well, the only space you get by yourself is the bathroom. Like right. there's just, there is Sometimes no alone time. Even, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's just no alone time. So that is the one thing that's a challenge is making sure that we specifically give each other space to have right. like full days alone at the studio once in a while days alone at home you know just to have those to maintain our individual sanity Mm -hmm. you know yeah because if you're the bopsy twins i mean i'm sure that would kind of weigh down you know kind of yeah yeah Yeah. so and we and in some ways too we do function differently we we complement each other in a lot of ways where you know i'm the more type a personality jake is i like to build the bricks jake likes to fill in the mortar Okay. and so you know when we work together we complement each other in a lot of ways but sometimes we need space to just do our thing (laughs) so it must be very exciting to think about you know the summer tying the knot and yes going forward and just um seeing what happens next taking over the world yeah (laughs) it's gonna be this this power power couple uh relationship here Mm -hmm. in the leather taking over the leather the leather world Mm -hmm. yeah so you guys gonna be wearing leather accessories some yeah Mm -hmm. yeah 
We're doing mother party favors, wedding favors for a lot of people. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, but it's, it's fun because it's like the next... It's a non-business project that we get to do together. Right. Like we, we get to do something creative together that's not... We're not worrying about it selling. We're not worrying about it like making a profit. Like, right. We just get to design our wedding and have a really fun experience with like some of our favorite people. So that's what's... That's really cool right now, like getting to do that together and navigating lots of family time. Yeah, yeah that's great. <laughs> well, I don't know if there's anything that you guys want to say about kind of the story that, you know, how this whole thing came together because it sounds like at some points you guys didn't imagine there are probably points where you didn't imagine like this life no, that you have right now no it's actually really nuts to me that I've been you know when I consider five years ago was a couple weeks ago I filled out my LLC paperwork for Little Wings Designs mm-hmm. you know and I was in my studio dining room of my house in college you know sitting there with my like best girlfriend we're like filling out our LLC paperwork like we're gonna start Etsy's yeah you know seniors in school just no idea I had no idea I was gonna end up here just if you had told me like yeah you're gonna meet a guy that's also a leather worker and you're gonna have a studio and this is gonna be your space I'd have said you're nuts like what kind of weird magic fairy godmother are you (laughs) (laughs) and here we are and here we are (laughs) Well, that's awesome. Well, I, I think it's wonderful. I wish you guys both, you know, all the best. And I think that this is going to be just so fun to see what kind of creative explosion comes out of mm-hmm. out of this, this partnership here. So yeah. I think it's going to be great. So thank you for sharing your story. Well, thank you for letting us. <laughs> all right. So there you go. There's a little handmade love story for you folks to get you in the right frame of mind for Valentine's Day. And thanks for putting up with my frequent transitions in there had to move from one interview to the other and back again and just wanted to try to make sure that you could follow the story hopefully that worked i I, maybe i need to go do an internship with ira glass to figure out how to do this properly a special thanks to jake and elise for sharing their story i really do appreciate it and i hope you folks enjoyed it you can head over to parliamenttheboutique.com to shop their handmade leather goods And you're going to find uh, wallets and pouches and bags made by Jake and also handbags and a variety of other things made by Elise. She has everything from jewelry to designer handbags for women, shoes. I have my eye on a hip pocket, which is kind of cool. You strap it on like a belt and you can store all your stuff in there. Well, not all your stuff, just a little bit of stuff, (laughs) but but it's hands-free and that's, that's really cool. For those of us who are in the habit of wearing dresses over pants so you don't have access to the pockets... A hip pocket is a good thing to have. So head over to parliamenttheboutique.com and check out what they have to offer. Thanks again to my Patreon sponsors, all the folks who are paying every month to keep this show going. I really, really appreciate that. I also want to thank acshomeandwork.com for sponsoring the podcast as well. This means a lot to me. I will be back next week with another interview with another Grand Rapids artist. We're going to be talking about printmaking, which is one of my absolute favorite things. In the meantime, Craft Sanity, my friends, it works for me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Craft Sanity podcast. To support the show, click the Patreon link at CraftSanity.com to donate $1 a month or buy a handmade loom or magazine at CraftSanity.Etsy.com. Same time next week will be Craft.